2: Welcome to Bet the Edge, powered by PointsBet, here on the NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel with Shrudinsic, also known as the Whale Capper. I'm your host, Sarah Perlman. And Matt Bernier has made it a bit of a habit giving out some plus money winners in the NHL. So today we're going to find out what matchups he's targeting. And we're going to dig into some futures markets as we hit the quarter pole of the season. And there are some major, and I mean major, college football rivalries this week. And Zach Krueger is going to join us to handicap Florida, Florida State, and other matchups and of course we have our edge of the day and so much more coming up right here on bet the edge good morning to everyone and especially san antonio spurs and (laughs) primetime lenny also good morning to you drew how are you doing
3: Ah, it was tough to sleep after the spurs come back and uh make that impossible cover last night a little bit
2: of a heart flutter going on
3: yeah I, i although i'll tell you what Considering how uninteresting the NFL game was, it was nice to have a little drama in the NBA Uh, in general, just some good basketball last night. We're about a quarter away through the season already. Can you believe
2: it? It's pretty crazy. We're going to get into that. Speaking of the boring NFL game last night, I just looked behind me. I'm working from Florida this week for the holidays. There's not a rocking chair. I wish it was because that was primetime Leonard Fournette last night. A true beauty. But yes, the Spurs, I stayed up late watching that here on the East Coast for you, kind of following on my phone. Had to sweat it out. Amazing play. So let's dive into the NBA a little bit as they played the Phoenix Suns, who they've shifted a little bit right now. In the West, they're six yes. to one. Take me through your power rankings right now in the NBA. We're a quarter way through the season, as you said. So teams that you like uh, that have a realistic shot in both the East and the West, Drew.
3: Yeah, we teased it yesterday when we were talking about Hell Week uh, for the Suns this week. And just they're at a disadvantage tomorrow against the Cavaliers. They're at a disadvantage this weekend against the Knicks and the Nets. And I was hoping they would take a couple losses here and we would get to scoop a little value on them to win the West. Because I have them currently power rated as the best Playoff team in the Western Conference, and so I was excited looking at them at seven to one yesterday, thinking, "Ooh, maybe we'll get an eight or a nine if they lose a couple of games here." No, they have moved into <laughs> six. So you know, clearly, because you uh, said
2: it on the
3: air, you <laughs> ruined it. But. That might be what I don't, I don't know entirely my fault, but pretty clearly, you know, a thirteen-game win streak is probably more what's doing this. You know, people are noticing now. Oh, wait, the Suns might actually get a top seed. But ultimately, I am not buying in any way, shape, or form the Lakers. Right now, I have the Lakers power-rated as the 24th best team in the NBA, and that's as currently rostered with LeBron James out there. Not at all expecting this team to be able to find the magic that they found two years ago in the bubble. They will be kind of lucky to be clearly in the six seeds that won't have to play their way in in the Western Conference in a very crowded conference at this point. But uh, the top of the West is absolutely stacked. I think you have basically uh, you have a three- Team race for the one seed between the Warriors, the Jazz, and the Suns by my numbers. Again, I mentioned I have the Suns power rated the highest of those three. Jazz number two, Warriors number three in a playoff setting. Warriors, however, likely to get Klay Thompson back coming up shortly. So they'll take a little bit of a bump here. But Warriors absolutely rostered to be a dynamite team in the regular season. But I don't love their matchups in the uh, come playoff time in a best of seven series. And then in the Eastern Conference, similarly, I I see a three-team race. The Nets, the Heat, and the Bucs are the top three in my power rankings in the Eastern Conference. The Nets, clear distinction over the other two teams. Bucks and Heat, I basically have as a draw. Each, I would expect to be about a three-point dog on a neutral to the Nets at this point. And I know... The Nets lost a high leverage game last week against the Warriors, where I bet on them. But I still think that ultimately, uh, you know, this team is, you know, they're giving you about 75%, 80% on any given night, and they're still winning relatively with ease against some high quality opposition. So I think once we get into the spring, the Nets are still reasonably likely the uh, heavy favorite in the Eastern Conference. If I had to say now, it's going to be a Nets-Suns finals, and I would make the Nets about minus 180 in that series.
2: Okay, fascinating. Right now, the Nets plus 130 to come out of the East. I know you like the Suns out of the West. As you said, they're now down to six to one from seven to one yesterday. You are not on the show tomorrow, taking off for the holiday. So, for people that are looking to get involved for tonight, tomorrow, Maybe over Thanksgiving, you take a look at the futures market and just how you're attacking these teams. And maybe even for the next few weeks before they get involved in the futures market, what's your best advice?
3: Yeah. So between now and and Christmas, it's going to get rocky. It's going to get uncomfortable. There's going to be a lot of there. There already are a lot of key player absences. In fact, if you look at tonight's card, no LeBron James because of suspension, no Luka Doncic, no Nikola Jokic. Like these are your three premier players that you would expect to see on tonight's NBA slate, and they're not going to play. So in general, uh, you know, player absences are going to be the most important thing. Fatigue is going to be fantastically important here as we kind of are in sort of the dog days of the NBA season until we get to Christmas. Once Christmas rolls around, certain vets especially really start to try to tune up their games. They try to, you know, load manage a little bit more strategically. uh, And so you can, you know, kind of map that out a little bit better. But, uh, you know, this next couple months is going to be, you go teams like the Grizzlies last night. That young team, that young core, they're going to continue to try to impress, put up wins and you know, kind of establish themselves among the, uh, uh, the true contenders. Teams like the Cavaliers tomorrow against the, as stated, amazing Suns, that's going to be a solid look for me. So a little bit bonus edge of the day for tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to take the points with the Cavaliers. Give me at least six. I'm, I'm involved with the Cavaliers in that spot.
2: Okay, then I'm also involved with the Cavaliers at that spot because all I do is tail true's NBA plays, add the bonus music to our producer Adam later to really get the bonus effect play. We'll get to your edge of the day later. We'll see if the fatigue factor is involved with your NBA best look on the board. Download the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet and enter this week's free NBA pick and roll contest for a chance to win $50,000. This week we're highlighting matchups between the Wizards and Pelicans. Bulls and Rockets and Hawks and Spurs on Wednesday. So if you don't have the Predictor app yet, download it now. Now, not a huge NHL slate today, but definitely some interesting lines and games to look out for. So who better to come on and help us break down just that than Matt Brainer. Matt, thanks so much for jumping on the show today. There's been some movement uh, over the past 24 hours, and you always look for value plays. You come on. You've been giving out plus money winners like crazy on this show, and if you look right now, the Flames puck line sitting at plus 115, minus two and a half last night, was all the way up to plus 235, now plus 195, so a lot of respected money, a lot of money coming in on this Flames team, a team that's at the top of the Western Conference, and they've been outstanding as of late this is probably the best matchup in the nhl tonight what's your key to attacking this one
4: yeah the the big thing for me with the flames coming into the season I, i thought they would be respectable but i didn't think they would play up to the level that they have to this point leading the western conference and really in all facets of every category they've been arguably in the top five or six and i think that's something that can continue to carry on now long term we'll find out and we'll talk about that in a bit with some cup future talk but as far as tonight's game is concerned against the Blackhawks, the Blackhawks have righted the ship a bit. They started the season just in dreadful form. They've won five out of six in their most recent run, but taking on a Calgary team that's also in great form, and it feels like they're just getting contributions from every key player, whether it's Kachuk, whether it's from Manjupani, whether it's from Johnny Gaudreau, uh, Lindholm, don't forget about him. And then on top of that, I think the thing that has really surprised me the most about this team has been their goaltending. And it's not just Jacob Markstrom who... He's been a bit streaky when he's been in the NHL. When he's on his game, he's arguably one of the best goaltenders that we have. When he's a little bit off, things can go a little sideways. But it's not just him this year that's producing. It's their backup, Dan Vladar. And both of them have goals against averages, sub-175. They've both got save percentages nearing 950. They're kind of the, the perfect storm right now. When we're talking about it from a gambling standpoint, though, their money line odds do nothing for me in tonight's game against the Blackhawks. (laughs) And when I first looked at the puck line at plus 115, it wasn't the most appealing number, so I wanted to shop around a little bit and take a look and see what the minus 2.5 line looked like. And you alluded to it, Sarah. Last night, it was at plus 235. Overnight, it has come way down to plus 195, and if that trend continues, I see no reason that you would go that route as opposed to the puck line at plus 115 it looked like a really nice opportunity last night now i think this is one where you actually sit back and say the more likely outcome is actually the value in here at plus 115 the flames puck line
3: oh that's interesting uh do you ever consider just like a total goals market and when something like this happens because i they're obviously all correlated but sometimes one market might get away from you but they'll still be value somewhere else right
4: the tough thing for me drew with the totals these goaltenders i just talked about how good calgary's goaltending has been But with the random nature of hockey, any given night, a goaltender can give up four goals. And I have a very difficult time going through and saying, well, tonight's going to be the night that Marc-Andre Fleury or whoever's in net for the, the Blackhawks ends up showing up or vice versa, that tonight's going to be the night that the Flames goaltenders completely melt down. I try to stay away from the total market in general. But to your point, whenever you're looking at something like Saying that the Flames are going to win by at least three goals. Yeah. I mean, that means that you're going to, you're alluding to the fact that there are going to be some, some goals thrown in the back of the net. So it's an option. It's not one of my strong suits. I try to stick to looking at positives as far as the puck line is concerned, or preferably plus money line instances. Unfortunately, we don't have that tonight, but you try to make the most of a less than stellar situation.
2: I'll interrupt really quickly here and just say that people have been rewarded backing the Flames though at that minus two and a half. They've covered that puck line in four out of their last five games, winning by three-plus goals. So that's pretty outstanding.
3: So let me ask you a little bit about the futures market, specifically the Eastern Conference. Because in prepping for this, I did a little bit of market power numbers just to get a sense of how teams are being lined. And I see Carolina at the top of the market power rankings right now. Surprisingly, Boston was number two, Florida three, Toronto four. The Lightning were fifth in the Eastern Conference. That does not jive with how these uh, this futures prices. You know, right now you're seeing Panthers at four to one, Lightning at plus four fifty, Maple Leaves at plus five fifty. Is the disparity here with the Lightning just based on their quality in a best of seven series and their veteran and the fact that they've won two cups in a row now?
4: Yeah, I mean, to, to me the the two big ones that stick out there are the number is the number on Tampa and the number on Boston. I agree with you one hundred percent. I look at the Bruins and say outside of that top line and even this year they've been. They haven't quite been what they have been in years prior with Bergeron and Marchand and Pasternak. If you take them out of the equation, that's a very mediocre team. And I think people are just betting them on reputation alone. And it's even reflected in the cup future market as well. They're currently 14 to 1 over on points bet. To me, is just you have many more appealing options at better prices and even teams that are in better position right now at longer odds than a team like Boston and conversely Tampa. The interesting thing from a cup future standpoint, they're actually the co-second choice at plus 800. So I think people are still recognizing big picture. If you put out that best team that Tampa can possibly throw out on the ice any given night, they're probably still better than everyone else. And I think it's one of those things that we've seen it in other sports teams that just kind of get accustomed to winning. You kind of get into a, a false sense of security early on in the year. And then finally you turn it up a little bit. And when really, The the rubber meets the road. That's when the teams take over. I think Tampa is going to be in that kind of position. I think they deserve to be one of, if not the outright favorite for the Stanley Cup. But I think there are other options that you can look at. And you brought up Carolina. Carolina's another team that all facets of the game, they're plus. They're plus five on five. They're plus on the power play. They're plus on the penalty kill. They've got great forwards. They've got solid goaltending with Freddie Anderson. At 14 to one, as far as the Cup future is concerned, I think they offer some pretty solid value as well.
2: Well, let's break down the Western conference just a little bit. The avalanche last year, high expectations. They were bet like crazy at points bet. And right now they are the biggest liability in most bet. And maybe that's because points bet is based out of Colorado and they have a sports book there, or (laughs) it's because the Colorado or the avalanche are the real deal. So your thoughts on the champion here coming out of the Western conference and ultimately how that plays into the Stanley cup futures market.
4: Well, we just talked about Calgary for tonight's game and It's a tough call because the value that you're seeing for them or the prices anyway, for the Western conference and for the cup outright, they're huge for a team that's playing as well as they are. They're 12 to one to win the West. They're 30 to one to win the Stanley cup. And for a team that at this point is arguably a top three or four team in the NHL through the first quarter of the season. I look at that and go, maybe this goaltending is not sustainable. I expect all their young stars to continue playing like this. Even if there's a little regression from a goaltending standpoint, they're still going to be in the top, I would say, six or seven options. And I think from a price standpoint, they make a great deal of sense. Colorado, kind of the same deal as what we talked about with Tampa. They kind of tick all the boxes. They make all the sense in the world. Everybody saw what they were capable of last year. Darcy Kemper has come in, and he's performed adequately in goal after they lost Philip Grubauer, who has had a disaster of a season for Seattle so far in his first go there. But you can understand why they're taking the money they are. I don't know that they should be such prohibitive favorites. In the Western Conference market or for the Stanley Cup future market for that matter. Vegas is a, a sneaky one, not in the fact that they're great value. Four to one to win the West. I believe they're eight to one to win the Stanley Cup or nine to one, I should say. They've yet to play as a full complete unit. They have just had a number of players dinged up, missing games. They haven't had everyone come together. And now you have that Jack Eichel situation with the trade a couple weeks ago. You would assume when they get up to full strength. They're every bit as good as Colorado, if not better. Robin Leonard is kind of straightened things out in goal. Again, I'm not suggesting they're great value, but I think if you're talking about it from a likeliness standpoint, a probability standpoint, Vegas has to be at the top of the market as well.
2: You know, I'm going to put you on the spot here because I love the futures market. I know people <laughs> don't like having their money tied up for a long time, but if it'll pay off, trust me, your girl will throw some money for a long time in my uh, bankroll with my sports book. And that being said, I'll ask you here, Matt, your favorite bet in the futures market. It could be the East, it could be the West, could be the Stanley Cup right now to get involved quarterway through the season. What is it?
4: You know, taking a look at some of the numbers, I mean, with the way Carolina's gone, seven to one to win the East, I don't think that's a terrible number. I mean, they're very similar to Calgary right now. I think the difference for those two, Calgary in the West, Carolina in the East, Carolina's proven. That this is something that they can do come Stanley Cup playoff time. Calgary, on the other hand, there are a number of I don't want to say unknowns, but you got to kind of prove that you belong there. I kind of feel like seven to one to win the East, fourteen to one to win Stanley Cup. Carolina is not a bad option at all if you're looking to go that route.
2: Not a bad option is good enough for me. And it looks like it's good enough for Drew. We'll take the seven to one, 14 to one and get involved in the futures market. Matt, you're the best Matt's on Twitter at Bernier underscore Matt. And be sure to check out his top overlays article all about the NHL, of course, and his plays that drops on NBCSportsEdge.com. Have a happy Thanksgiving, Matt.
4: You too guys. Talk soon.
0: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese. you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
1: Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit truegreen.com, dot com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed.
3: With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles.
2: We appreciate you guys listening to bet the edge, wherever you may be listening, make sure to rate the podcast, sign up. We're giving you the most actionable information every single weekday, just about 30 minutes or less. You know, the lines move quickly. We talk about that every day. So make sure you're watching us live or right after to gain an edge with us and get the best number possible.
3: And by all means, hit us up on Twitter as well. We'd love to hear from you. Where There's college basketball going on 24 hours a day. There are <laughs> tips to be had that I'm not following. So if you have a hot tip on college basketball, hit me up on Twitter. You can reach me at whale underscore capper. And you can find Sarah at Sarah Perlman.
2: Yes, the hot tip. That's exactly what we want. Getting ready for the holidays, getting some extra cash in our pockets. And there are- Winners only. Yeah, no, you winners only. That should be a hashtag that I will start. If you send me a loser, I'll block you on Twitter. No, I'm kidding. But Drew might. we move on to college football and we're gonna break down week 13 with good friend of the show NBC sports i just very young zach krueger and there are a ton of good matchups as i look obviously across thanksgiving weekend we'll get into florida florida state drew can take that one because i don't want to talk about my Florida (laughs) years i'll go to penn state and michigan state and penn state is laying one i watched michigan state last week their defense struggled against ohio state not saying penn state has the same offense and weapons as Ohio State, but it surely showed their defense is more vulnerable than we expected throughout the season. What's your early lean and read on this matchup?
0: Well, first of all, thanks for having me on, guys. Second of all, a lot of pressure to get these rights here so I don't get blocked on Twitter by Sarah. So we're going to do our best here to make sure that we come out of this okay. But the first game that I'm looking at here, like you said, Michigan State, Penn State. It's an interesting game. One that actually started with Michigan State being the one-point favorite over on points bet. That's now completely shifted to Michigan State being a one-point underdog. Now, one thing that I think that we have to consider is what would this line look like if Michigan State didn't just get blown out 56-7 to to Ohio State? Because we know that this is a good team. I believe you know, they're 9-2 and two on the season. I think that they have a very good offense the other thing that I think is worth considering with this offense and the team overall is a number of injuries that they have suffered recently now Mel Tucker the head excuse me the head coach he doesn't really go into injuries a lot but we know that Kenneth Walker supposedly banged up you know Heisman leading uh, running back. Then they have Jaden Reed. He's a wide receiver, very close as well. Jalen Naylor, also another wide receiver who's actually missed the last three games. These are all players who are injured on top of the safety. Xavier Henderson, who's also dealing with undisclosed injuries. So I think there's some some part injuries being weighed into this line. I think there's also some part blowout to Ohio State being weighed into this line. With that being said, the other day I took Michigan State at minus one, and I felt good about that. I was actually curious to see if the line would go more in Michigan State's favor. It's actually gone against them. They're now one point underdogs. So I need to get back out to the book to get betting on Michigan State at plus one. I'd certainly take them on the money line as well. So I like Sparty in this one at home against Penn State.
3: Yeah, that's uh, a that Mel Tucker situation and the uh, the contract extension and then oh my you know all of that. Just what
0: impeccable timing by all of this. Uh, I have to- and- I was just say I have to imagine that's like bulletin board material for teams. I feel like, like, oh, like the new coach got a big contract. Let's go out and show them what that contract's worth after after one game.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Unreal. Um, Speaking of interesting locker room dynamics, as Sarah mentioned, the Florida Gators have parted ways with uh, head coach Dan Mullen. And a lot of times in the pros, you'll see people make, you know, they'll make an effort, or at least the handicapping community will make an effort. Hey, coach got fired. We go bet that team right? Like this is a bunch of pros who are like, Oh, man, our jobs are on the line now. Like, you know, we better step it up, like people are paying attention. But that's not really the way it goes in college. I mean, these guys who are, you know, who are Florida Gators, like they they know their season's over, they may be thinking like, hey, I need to stay right so I can get drafted, or I need to work on my, you know, transfer, whatever the heck I'm going to do here. Does this open up an angle where Florida State comes in to the swamp and gets a, uh, a hard fought win against the Gators?
0: So interestingly, both teams are still actually fighting for a bowl eligibility spot. They both have five wins. So there is that to play for. And then on top of that, there's the in state rivalry. Florida opened this one at minus two. It's since moved to minus two and a half in favor of Florida. I was taking FSU in this one as well. The Seminoles in particular have been very good under I say new, but he hasn't been new as of the last couple of weeks. But quarterback Jordan Travis, uh, he started six games now for the Seminoles. They're five and one under Jordan Travis. He's thrown for over 1,300 yards, 14 touchdowns and five interceptions. He's also got a little bit of running game going to him. He's got 557 yards, seven touchdowns on the ground as well. Now with Travis as the starter, the offense, as you might imagine, has improved as a overall. Um, they've, they're averaging 34 points a game with Travis as a starter. Beforehand, they were averaging just 21.2 points per game. So he's averaging, you know, almost 13 points game more for the Seminoles under center than what they were getting out of McKenzie Milton. The one fun fact that I want to just throw in here real quick because I thought it was interesting, the Florida Gators named Greg Knox as their interim head coach for this game for the remainder of the season essentially. Greg Knox has one head coaching game on his resume. It was in the tax Bowl in 2017. He actually replaced Dan Mullen who left Mississippi State to go to Florida. Now, Greg Knox won that game. He won that Tech Slayer Bowl against Louisville and Lamar Jackson. Now he's replacing Dan Mullen again, who's now been fired. Some added motivation maybe on the Gator side is to get Coach Knox to the, to a bowl, push him to 2-0 and possibly get him to a 3-0 record with two bowl wins on a very short resume. But I am taking FSU here. I think they're going to pull off the upset in the swamp. They're a hot team. I think they're just a little bit more motivated than the Gators are right now.
2: You didn't even have to give out a winner. You're getting blocked regardless on my winner or loser. Don't worry, Jack. Um, and I'm all sorry. seriousness, I saw Florida's defense when they played Sanford and they had no business in the Missouri game mm-hmm. at the end. No one can take us $6, $20, 30000000 million. I don't care what it is. We need a head coach. And if anyone can tip me off who that'll be, please, seriously, call me. I'll give you my number for that reason only. <laughs> there has to be games on the board in all seriousness that offer a little bit more value. There's a lot of sharp action coming in on these marquee games. So I look across the board, we talked about Penn State and if we could discuss really any of the big games a Michigan game. But if you look further down the board, are there any games that you think can offer a little bit more value the public's overlooking?
0: Yes, I do a weekly group of five article over on NBC Sports Edge. So I'm always kind of prone to look look into those group of five games. I found one that I liked. I I bet um, West Kentucky against the spread last week against Florida Atlantic. That worked out very well for me. Now I'm going to run it back in a game against Marshall where Marshall has won four of their last five games outright, and they're 3-0 in their last three games against Western Kentucky. But what Western Kentucky has heading into this game, where they are one and a half point underdogs, by the way, is they have quarterback Bailey Zappi, who is by all accounts playing as one of the best quarterbacks in the nation with over 4,600 passing yards, 48 touchdowns and nine interceptions. Western Kentucky is 8-3 and three on the season. They are 8-3 and three against the spread and four and one against the spread in the last five games now Bailey Zappi is not unfortunately going to be mentioned in any kind of Heisman circles because he's a Conference USA quarterback who's just been lighting up teams and you know leading Western Kentucky to a lot of wins but I think this game is ultimately going to come down to his arm what he has in this game that Marshall hasn't had to go up against before which is an elite quarterback I say elite loosely, but at least elite conference USA quarterback in Zappi and the way he's been torching teams. I kind of like Western Kentucky as the one and a half point underdog. I think they're going to come out and win this game on the arm of Zappi. I think that they're going to continue to ride his momentum. And even though he's not playing for a Heisman, he's certainly playing for, you know, some postseason glory as the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers are already bowl eligible. They've got a lot coming their way still. So I I like him to win this game and kind of in three game losing streak to, to Marshall.
2: Yeah, the model on our NBC Sports Edge shows some confidence on that play as well. So I'll, I'll tail you on that one for sure. I hope you have a happy Thanksgiving. I look forward to reading your favorite live dog article for week 13 that's coming out later this week. Everyone should look out for that on NBCSportsEdge.com. Zach, we will talk to you soon and we won't talk to you on Twitter.
0: Okay, thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate it. Have a great Thanksgiving.
2: <laughs> thanks, Zach. The NFL season is in full swing and the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet has you covered with Sunday Night 7. This week, you'll have a chance to win $1.1 million. It starts Thanksgiving night between the Bills and Saints and starting on Sunday night, we're giving away $1 million every week for the remainder of the regular season. And that contest is live right now. So download today from your app store or visit NBCSports.com slash predictor. Jerome, I'm going to miss you tomorrow, and Thursday, Thanksgiving, you are going, uh, I know, on a little vacay, traveling, excited for you, so today is the last day on the show, at least, you're going to give out your edge of the day, so I'd like to hear it, and as I've said, all show, I'd like a winner, so pressure's on, let's hear it, let's go to the NBA and see what you got
3: well there's only one rest advantage on the card tonight and it is the portland trailblazers they are taking on the denver nuggets in portland interesting market here because it was only about a week ago november 14th it was a sunday we had these two teams who you know again very memorable playoff head-to-head last season uh you know just in general a good matchup between these two teams in terms of overall strength went fully rostered and uh, in that matchup last sunday the nuggets were six-point favorites on the close and they won easily Now, since then, Nikola Jokic has gotten hurt and it has been unclear as to whether he will take the court in this contest. But I can tell you with the opening line here of Portland minus five and a half, it is pretty clear the market is saying not going. And it has since drifted out to six and a half here on the back of the rest advantage for Portland. Portland is kind of treading water this season at nine and eight. They haven't really been especially good against the spread at seven, nine and one. It's a team that really is lacking a little bit of kind of clean offensive performances. Honestly, the fact, That they are nine and eight, considering how poor Dame Lillard and CJ McCollum have shot the ball this season, is kind of crazy. But it doesn't really matter in this contest. Portland has all of the offensive generation, they have all of the defensive advantages. If Nikola Jokic is not available for the Nuggets, Nuggets really struggle to generate offense when Jokic has been off the floor. One of the kind of secrets of watching and betting the Nuggets so far this season is they bring out a second unit that is unbelievably bad and they bring them all out together <laughs> as a unit uh no they don't stagger no, mike malone doesn't believe in kind of staggering his stars so that you can kind put of, them all just put the whole they just down. throw them all out there and holy smokes do these guys not belong on an nba court let alone on a court together so all this said portland very strong bench unit Portland much much more offensive playmaking and shot creation available in this contest realistically this game could get away from the Nuggets assuming that Jokic does not go also kind of keep an eye on this market if no if Jokic is confirmed out and it moves anymore that's probably an overreaction like I said this has been baked into the number that no Jokic is not going and that the Blazers have the rest advantage so Nuggets are the dog. They are the fade. We are backing the Trailblazers who are rested at minus six and a half.
2: Yeah, a lot of money came in on this um, five to six and a half because of the news. You read my mind every show now because I was curious throughout your explanation and analysis for your edge of the day. What do we do when Jokic is confirmed out if that occurs? But you hit on that, so I'll look out for that. What is the number? Seven, seven
3: and a half? Uh, I think realistically, if it moves if you don't bet it now and you watch this as you know tip-off is going off and it's sure. out to 7 just know that the value's been sucked out of this fair price on this one is about blazers by 8 but uh realistically if that happens i think you wait and you watch the live market you watch for half times if you have been playing along with my fatigue angle for the last 3 weeks now and you don't recognize what's going on, which is that late in the game, the tired teams stop making off, stop making shots, stop producing offense. That's this. That's sort of the telltale sign here. A lot of times the tired teams give you full hard perform out of the gate. They, they look awesome in the first quarter, maybe even the first half. They're trying so hard. Bless their hearts. And then it all comes crashing down in the second half, particularly in the fourth quarter. So, by all means, the
2: fourth quarter, about seven minutes left, is what I gauged from your place. They
3: just hit a, they just hit a wall like that, bang! And believe me, I've been trying to take as much advantage of that as possible with the live market entry. So, uh, you know, watch this game, see how it plays out. The last time out, the Blazers had a rest advantage. It was against the Chicago Bulls. Chicago Bulls completely hit the wall late in that game I got Blazers I think on the money line at plus 320 they ended up winning by three so you know looking out for those type of in-game opportunities is pretty important in the NBA especially this time of season
2: okay well I love it the Trailblazers laying six and a half the second we get off air I'll bet into that uh there's another team that I think kind of hit a wall and that's going to be the Saints I'm just going to say what you're thinking I'm thinking the whole world's thinking this Thanksgiving slate is not good (laughs) it's not good and I have to get involved because I'm going to be watching a game Uh Fat and happy like everyone else. I like the night game. I'll give out props tomorrow. But I'm going to take the Bills laying for. I know a little money came in on the Saints. I don't know why. The Bills and the Saints both coming off just – Horrendous performances. I love the Colts last week. They obviously covered, and and Jonathan Taylor carved up this Bills defense. But I do think if you look throughout the season, the Bills have done a really good job responding to their losses. Three and zero straight up, two zero and one against the spread coming off of the losses. But what's really cool and fascinating for this matchup, they have pounded the teams that they've beaten coming off of the loss. They've outscored them one hundred and six to twenty eight following their first three losses of the season. They have not dropped back to back games since last. Season, Um, I think it's a good spot. If you look at the Saints roster, yes, Alvin Kamara is probably coming back, but they could be missing seven of their 11 starters. And I think this Bills defense is going to have to get it together and quickly. I do like their coaching staff. It's going to be a short week adjustments to make, but I'm just looking across and and seeing probably who's out. We know Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara still banged up, probably going to play. Adam Trotman's now out. I'm not exactly sure what's going to happen with the quarterback situation. Three of the five starters from their O-line, that was obvious known to be amazing this season they're not playing so the edge goes to the buffalo bills we're getting a good number strictly because of that awful loss to the colts they bounce back on thanksgiving night one more quick interesting nugget that i found thanksgiving night favorites 10 and 4 so i'll take the favorite we'll lay it with the buffalo bills that's the only side i like for thursday so that's what i'm gonna play drew
3: i'm sure there'll be other sides
2: Oh, there'll be Thanksgiving,
3: yeah, plenty of sides. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> no,
2: plenty of sides that I'll be eating. This is the only side I'll be playing, but the front market yeah continue to hit you know what that. it's
3: it is funny it's like the football gods were determined to make this thanksgiving you spend time with your family instead of watching the games based on the way the slate broke down but i gotta tell you if there's one side in the betting market to look for it is the buffalo bills what I is the side on the food
2: out. market <laughs> that you're looking out for
3: oh man we're going to like a hawaiian themed uh, like buffet style they're gonna have like a oh like kalua pork stuffing oh it's, it's, this is gonna be so much good stuff i absolutely that sounds amazing like it. oh yeah yeah mac Damien nut uh you know crusted uh you know sweet potatoes stuff like that oh yeah it's
2: gonna be good okay i'm just jealous i want you <laughs> off um let's through the comment fairly quickly here that came in and we appreciate you guys oh commenting for did fly to lafayette yesterday i saw that oh okay thank right. billy i don't know i'm starting rumors that we're gonna get i don't know brian kelly someone really good if i just keep saying it <laughs> Someone good's coming our way. I don't know who it'll be, but I hope so. That wraps up our show. Drew, have an awesome Thanksgiving. We'll miss you on the show tomorrow. Everyone, thanks for joining us here on our YouTube channel. Be sure to check out NBCSportsEdge.com for more information and analysis just to help you with your wagers throughout the day. Please subscribe, rate the podcast for all of us here with NBC Sports Edge. Best of luck with all your plays. We'll see you right back here tomorrow.
0: Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
1: If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say,
3: Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help,